Hi, welcome to Broadway Assembly Church Podcast. We are excited for you to be joining us today. If you want to get a notification of the most recent uploads, please subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Course, and I have kept the faith. Say that one more time, verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. Verse 8, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. How many could say I'm one of those people that love his appearing? I'm anticipating his appearing. Praise the Lord. Well, for just a few minutes tonight, uh, I want to share with you this topic of leaving a legacy that lasts. Leaving a legacy that lasts. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your church family gathered here tonight in one accord. Bless us. Touch us, Lord. Speak to our hearts. And may I communicate what you've laid on my heart here over the next few moments, we pray. In Christ's name, everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Several years ago, London, England, the firemen went on strike. And so after several weeks of bickering over the contracts with little success, uh, the British military was assigned the responsibility of taking over the fires, any calls, respond to any emergency calls until the strike was over. And so one uh, cold winter day in January, they were called out by an elderly lady in South London whose cat needed rescued from her rain gutter up on her roof. And so uh, the members of the British military arrived in the large uh, fire engine and uh, with impressive timing, they unloaded one of the ladders and proceeded to carefully rescue her cat. After they loaded the uh, ladder back on the fire engine, preparing to leave, she, she was so grateful. She invited them in. She wanted to serve them tea. And so they obliged and shared a time of, of tea and visiting. And then uh, they loaded up the in the fire engine and uh, backed out of her driveway accidentally running over the cat that they had just rescued. The moral of the story is a great start really doesn't matter if it's followed by a poor finish, right? Somebody say, don't kill the cat. Don't kill the cat. Some of you are like, I don't like cats anyway. Some of you are like, I can't believe anybody wouldn't like a cat. But as we think of uh, the endurance of the saints, is what theologians have called it for years, enduring to the end and finishing well, or some have called it finishing strong, um, there's really no better example in Scripture, I think, than the Apostle Paul. As he was chained to Roman guards in a Roman prison, it looked like he was anticipating an imminent execution. 
he wrote this passage to Timothy. Paul was confident he had uh, endured to the end. He had finished well. Sadly, if we continue to read just a few verses uh, farther down in verse 10, if you want to, if you got your Bible still open, you want to look there. This is what he had to say about one of his co-workers. He said this, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. So here were two men who had ministered together, no doubt a pretty good team, Paul and Demas, mentor and mentee. One endured and finished the race and looked forward to the crown, so to speak, of righteousness, while the other defected, deserted his mentor, and we never hear of him again. We don't know what happened, what finally happened to Demas the way we would like to tell the story is that he saw the error of his uh, ways and came back. But we don't have any scripture for that, do we? We don't know whether he ever repented or not. But the scripture ends with the fact that he, he had a love for this present world. He deserted Paul. Philipp, uh, I believe, not Philippians, but Philemon Verse 24, Paul calls Demas a fellow worker, co-laborer. He mentions him right along with Mark, Luke, and Aristarchus. Demas was apparently a promising young man. He had a promising future. Yet as far as we know, it didn't end well, right? And this is a sobering thought because many in God's gracious provision have many years ahead of them and no doubt they expect to finish the race, to stand strong, to endure to the end. But that calls for us all to evaluate ourselves because I don't think Demas, he didn't initially join Paul's team with the intention I'll be with him in a little while, and then I'm going to desert him. I'll desert him when the going gets tough. I don't believe that was the way it happened. He, I believe, undoubtedly, he expected to finish strong, to finish well. And this is a sobering thought, even for those of us who are older, because the famous baseball player, Yogi Berra, Remember what he said? It ain't over till it's over. So we cannot presume that even at our age, we'll finish well. We never finish until the day God calls us home. And so all of us, young and old, can look and learn from Demas and look and learn from Paul. Right? 
Boy, I was thinking this afternoon, it's hard to believe November's almost over. Right? We're just about to put 2023 to rest. A little over a month. And I was thinking in one sentence, how would you describe the year of 2023? As we approach its end, it's a good time for evaluation, I always like to think. Have we, have we run our race well this year? Are we going to be able to finish this year strong? You say, you say I thought you were talking about your end of life. Well, it's both. It's the end of our lives, but it's the ends of, end of every year. How can we finish strong in our journey of life? How can we leave a lasting legacy? Boy, I want to leave one. <laughs> when I think about legacies, how many are people watchers? More of you watch people more than not you want to admit Have you ever watched the actions of an individual? Or maybe it's the words of an individual you've heard. And you, you think, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't the best decision they made. Hello? Some people, how many know, every day make terrible decisions. And how many know it's the wrong ones that people usually remember about us? Right? <laughs> so many of us can think of different projects. Uh, I'm talking about ending well, finishing strong. Many of us, how many's got projects at the house that's undone? We started them with great zeal. But man, we just run out of steam. Right? My, uh, the majority of my youth, uh, when I was an early teen, my parents uh, moved into my grandma's home and uh, my grandmother on my father's side she was quite a uh, neat freak germaphobe she wouldn't allow him to install a bathroom in the house so uh, for all of those years it was the old outhouse how many remember those And so when we moved there, the house needed a lot of work and most definitely needed a restaurant. And so I remember my father and I working on that home and we would just get so burnt out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just one project after another. And man, we'd get an idea and we'd say, we're going to do this and we'd go at it and go at it and go at it with zeal and then you just 
lose your steam, right? And then it would set unfinished, undone. There's three ways that leaders throughout Scripture finished the project of their life. Number one, there were those who never finished. They had great potential when they begun, but at some point, something happened. They lost sight of why they were running the race, and they quit before they finished. You say, well, who, who's such leaders like that? Samson. Saul. King Saul. Despite their great potential, they came to a rather tragic end. So there are those who really never finished. Then there are those, secondly, who finished limping. They ran the first part of their race well, but then somewhere along the road, they, they took detours and shortcuts that kept them from being fully effective. Such leaders include Eli, the priest, Gideon, and even Solomon. Even though they finished, we wouldn't call it a strong finish. It was rather a weak finish. So you've got those who never finished, those who finished limping, then you have those, the last group, who finished strong. Thank God Paul was in that group, right? Completing what God gave them to do. Even though they were not perfect, they enjoyed deepening intimacy with God throughout their life. And those would be people like Abraham, Moses, David, and then in our text, Paul. They never stopped learning and growing, even as mature leaders. Now, here's a sobering stat. Dr. J. Robert Clinton, professor of leadership at Fuller Theological Seminary estimates that only 30% of leaders in the Bible finished strong. Only 30%. That's just a little over a quarter, right? Only one in three biblical leaders fully cooperated with God over the long haul and completed their life journey well. Only a handful earned the right to echo Paul's words in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. One of the biggest hindrances to finishing strong or well in life, how many has found out one of the greatest hindrances is our past? For some, through no fault of their own, they had a, a very rocky, rough start. Maybe they grew up in a broken home. Maybe raised by a single parent. Maybe there was alcoholism, addictions, 
deeply etched in their family tree. So for some from a young age, it's like roles reversed and they were the ones that almost had to support the parent. Right? They had hurdles to start with. But then there's others. They started out okay, but then life happened. Got pregnant, dropped out of high school. Others weren't able to get a job, or if they did get a job, they couldn't keep the job. Maybe they started a business, it went under. Maybe they got a diagnosed with a health issue and it's been recurrent. Maybe they themselves struggle with a, an addiction. Maybe they struggle with insecurity. So it's like the past constantly comes back to haunt them. How do you finish strong when you have so much going against you? Surprisingly, it's not just pain. That's the problem. For some people, the problem of their past is a problem of success. Past successes can actually become our greatest hindrance to leaving a lasting legacy. Maybe you were always first in the class. Maybe you were a great sportsman. You were always popular. Such success is so sweet that you want to stay there. You're always talking about that moment of success in your life, even when God has greater things for you, right? Because you, you see, until we release the past, we will never embrace the future, right? And tonight we're looking at the famous words of a man who knew what it was to have a past. Saul of Tarsus, later became the Apostle Paul, wrote these words about finishing strong. And I sense that as we come to, or sense that as he comes to the end of his journey, he's being very reflective. And after an exhaustive study of, I told you about the leaders in the scripture, how about just the ordinary men and women in the Bible. Dr. Howard Hendricks of Dallas Theological Seminary concluded that there are approximately a hundred detailed biographies in Scripture. And he notes that approximately two-thirds, or 66, out of the hundred men and women whose detailed biographies are given in Scripture ended poorly. Either they turned to immorality, or they drifted away from the faith, or they ended their own life in a backslidden, compromised condition. Thank God that the Apostle Paul wasn't one of them. He finished strong. And we all agree that this journey of life is illustrated throughout Scripture as a foot race. This race is not so much to finish first, it's to finish well. It's important to start right, but it is imperative to end right. Amen. The Greeks, the Greeks, they had a race in the Olympic Games that was uh, a little unique. Uh, the winner was not the runner who finished first. It was the runner who finished first with his torch still lit. Right? I want to run.
Somebody say, I want to run all the way with the flame in my torch still burning for Christ. The truth is that it is getting too close to the finish line, church, to end poorly. Paul did not start out so well. He was a persecutor of Christians. He was even there for the stoning of Stephen, uh, giving his approval. Uh, But the Lord gave him an opportunity for a fresh start. He then took the next few steps of faith and continued on a new journey. He stood firm when things didn't seem fair, and he finished strong anyway. Paul's last act was one of faithfulness even as he faced execution from a Roman prison. So let's see what we can learn from Paul in three observations It'll tell us how to finish strong. Number one, Paul kept his focus. Everybody say focus. So 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8, Paul's nearing his execution and he's concerned for others to come to salvation. Say what? Paul, you're getting ready to be killed. But he's not worried about himself. He's concerned that others come to the faith. And so he encourages Timothy to, quote, discharge the duties of your ministry faithfully. The question is, how is it that Paul is able to face what he's facing, which is death, and still be focused on others, still be focused on the coming of Christ? It is because Paul is focused on the eternal, not the temporal. One of the reasons the Bible tells us about the judgment seat of Christ is so that it will make a difference in the way we live as believers. If we are going to finish well and leave a lasting legacy, we need to keep our focus on eternity and taking as many souls to heaven with us as we can. Keeping our focus on the eternal is what is going to enable us to do the other things that we're uh, required to do in Scripture, fulfilling the Great Commission, because without completing and finishing the eternal tasks, any other task or work given to us by the Lord is going to be marred. Paul, in writing to young Timothy, is very clear-cut and uncomplicated in what he has to say. His words seem to be filled with encouragement and assurance that he can finish the course. Uh, uh, Chapter 2, verse 1, he says, Be strong, Timothy. 2 and 3, he says, Endure hardness, Timothy. Number 2 and 5, he says, Strive, Timothy. And number 2 and 10, he says, Endure all things. He portrays the image that the finish line is just ahead and we are coming around the corner to head down the very last stretch. We have made sacrifices. We have fought battles. Everything we have done up until now will all be in vain if we do not cross that finish line strong. The words of Scripture give us a clear picture of Paul, a prisoner at the end of his life. He is calm. And he waits during his last hours in a dark Roman prison cell. His words refer to the past, the present, and the future. When he says, I fought a good fight, that's past. The time of my departure is at hand, that's present. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, that's future. 
There are not many places in the Bible where we are instructed to look back. As a matter of fact, there are more warnings against looking back than there are encouragements to look back and reflect and review. But Paul momentarily was reviewing and reflecting and he made it clear that he didn't reach the finish line without opposition. At times it seemed all of hell was opposed to him. Demonic spirits came against him. The world and culture pulled at him. The flesh tormented him. Life was a struggle. And yet he said, by the grace of God, I have finished what I started. Church, our race of faith requires long-term effort. We must continuously advance in the direction of reaching other souls. We run this race and yes, we fight powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. But Paul told Timothy, this is a good fight. It is a good fight. He was conveying to Timothy and to us uh, that it will be a fight to the finish and it will be a fight worth finishing. Praise God. I recall history books tell us about the year was 1968 in Tanzania, East Africa. John Stephen represented their nation in the Olympics, excuse me, the Olympics was not held in Tanzania. John Stephen was from Tanzania. The Olympics was being held in Mexico City. So he enters the race, and he's running. But he stumbles and injures his knee and his ankle. And it's soon obvious that he would not be the swiftest runner. But he had determined... I'm not going to quit. It was around 7 p.m. And here he comes, this runner from Africa. I believe it was an Ethiopian runner had already won the race that year. Everyone else finished and there was only a, a few they said still about a thousand spectators left in the arena. All of a sudden, John Stephen catches everyone's attention because he comes limping across the finish line. 36 years of age, with his leg wrapped in a bloody bandage. The people that was still there just began to cheer him. And a reporter caught him at the gate and said, everyone's wondering, sir, why did you continue the race after being so badly injured? And this is what he said. He said, my country did not send me 7,000 miles to begin the race. They sent me here to finish. And I thought, that's a good response. Church God has not called us into the harvest just to have a good start. No, he's sending us into the harvest, not that we can fizzle, but that we can finish strong. We have been through difficulties, yes, undergone dark valleys, demonic attacks, 
wounded by family or friends? How many shed tears? We've all shed tears. We've all experienced brokenness. But through it all, we've learned that God is faithful. I said, through it all, we've learned that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We have learned that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We've learned that we are more than conquerors through him that loved. We've learned that Christ is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. We've learned that he is our refuge. He is a strong tower. Praise God. How many's learned a thing or two? How many's learned that he is the ever-present help in time of need? Huh? How many's learned that he will supply all of our needs? And it will not be in vain if we end well. Why? The attacks of the devil will be relentless. But we must determine to finish strong. Paul remembered the past. Through it all, he had fought a good fight. He came out on top. He, oh, he knew it wasn't going to be an easy journey. He fought off religious heretics. Hey, we've been studying 1 Thessalonians. After three weeks, he was run out of town. They followed him 50 miles down the road and run him out of that town. Hello? He fought off religious heretic. He stood, though. He stood in the presence of kings and rebuked them. He challenged philosophers. He reasoned with scholars, but he kept his focus, and he finished strong. Praise God. So number one, he kept his focus. Number two, he kept his fight. Hear him in 1 Corinthians 1532, he says, I have fought with the beasts at Ephesus. He said, I have had to battle through thick and thin, week in, week out, day come and day go. Mine has been a life of warfare. Mine has been a ministry of warfare. And hear him as he explains in Ephesians 6.12, because we wrestle not, he said, against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He articulated spiritual warfare greater than any other New Testament writer. Why? Because he knew firsthand what it was like. He kept his focus. He kept his fight. Praise God. And number three, he kept his faith. Finally, he says, I have finished this course of faith. He says, I have dashed across the finish line, and now I'm ready to meet my maker without regret. He gives us the picture that he was racing against many forms of opposition. He was racing against times of doubt. He was racing against his fears. He has raced against his insecurities. He has raced against his thorn in the flesh. He has raced against his inadequacies. He has raced against his ugly sinful past. He said, thank God though that I outrun all of those competitors and I have finished and God is about to reward me because with his help I am finishing strong praise God raise your hands and say God help me finish strong 
because many people start well, but it's only the determined, it's only the persistent, it's only the resilient, it's only the unrelenting, it's only the constant that finish well. And in the Christian life, I'm done, I'm almost done, says Jones, you can get ready to come. In the Christian life, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Praise God. Praise God. It's been my privilege to be your pastor here, wife and I, for um, a few years now. And I've stood at the grave of those that sat in these pews. And nothing helps me walk away from the graveyard knowing that that one we just lowered into the ground or we just left in the, the memorial garden kept the faith, finished strong. Praise God. I said, praise God. Folks, we've had those in this church. They've left us a lasting legacy. Hello, right? And how many know that in this generation, in this generation, man, I never realized these Kleenexes come out of those boxes. They're hanging on to them. In this generation, we have seen a mass exodus. Not, not just here. I'm talking about in the church landscape all across the world. Uh, USA at least we have seen and you know they come up with all the names a generation whatever a generation you know I have a book in my library it's broke all the generations down and how to minister to them and why they walk away. I have to think that if Paul was preaching to this generation, hello? Just imagine some of the things he would say. Hmm? Things that stop us Things that offend us, right? He would just shake his head and say, that's not going to age well. It's not going to age well. Why? Because he knew what it was. He had been opposed in the church and out of the church. He knew how to speak to both. But at the end of the day, he knew it all came down to the moment he was going to stand before his creator. Nobody else's opinion was going to matter. I don't know, but you ought to realize that's kind of a liberating thing when you really know that. Nobody else's opinion is going to matter. It's Jesus only. And if he says, well done. I said, when he says, well done. 
it's all going to be worth it. It'll all be worth it as we stand together. Praise God. Sister Drew's here tonight. I won't say how old she is, but you don't reach her age. Oh, she's, she's real, willing to share it, so. She says 95. About what year did you come here to the church? She played the piano at the opening service here. That would have been in, I believe, they set the headstone or the cornerstone in 56. She's seen them come. She's seen them go. But she can sit here tonight because she has fought a good fight. Praise God. Kept the faith. I said she's kept the faith. A couple years ago when she was going through rehab, I'd go see her there in Avon. Oh, she would tell me how much she misses coming to church and how much she looks forward to the time when she can come back. Praise God. That's the legacy that I'm talking about tonight. A legacy that will not quit, will not give up, God, give us the strength to do those three things. Keep our focus. Keep our fight. Keep our faith. Oh, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep on fighting. Keep on running. Keep on believing. Why? Because the best is yet to come. I said, the best is yet to come. What are you talking about? I'm going to say the best has a name. His name is Jesus. Praise God. I said, His name is Jesus. It will not be long. This battle's not going to last forever. This road that seems long is going to come to an end. This old world that's filled with dangers, toils, and snares is going to melt one day with fervent heat. That's why we got to hold on to your focus and your faith and the fight to stay strong. Don't give up. Praise God. There's a finish line ahead and it's closer than we realize. Praise God. Raise your hands and praise Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Help us finish strong, God. Help us to finish strong. The altars are open. God bless you. As Sister Jones sings, why don't you come? Why don't you come out, come ahead and why don't you make a covenant with God? I am determined, come what may. I am going to keep my focus. I'm going to keep my fight and my faith. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Because there's a finish line up ahead. It's going to be worth it after a while. It's going to be worth it after a while, church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I
See? 